The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. As soon as Jesus and his disciples left the synagogue, they entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they told Jesus about her at once. He came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. Then the fever left her, and she began to serve them. That evening, at sunset, they brought to Jesus all who were sick or possessed with demons. And the whole city gathered around the door, and he cured many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. In the morning, while it was still very dark, Jesus got up, went out to a deserted place, and there he prayed. And Simon and his companions hunted for him. When they found him, they said to him, everyone is searching for you. He answered, let us go onto the neighboring towns so that I may proclaim the message there also. For that is what I came to do. And Jesus went throughout Galilee, proclaiming the message in their synagogues and casting out demons. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is a person for others. Jesus is a person for others. Christ's self-giving, as opposed to self-seeking, that self-giving attitude is vividly present in his encounter with St. Peter's mother-in-law. In the first place, like all his miracles, this one was not performed to impress people, rather to help people. The devil had tempted Jesus to use his miraculous powers to impress the crowds when he invited him to cast himself off the pinnacle of the temple. Yet Jesus refused. He always uses his healing powers to benefit those in need. Amen? Amen? It is a lesson for us as well. The gifts and the talents that we have received through God's providence are not meant to foster an attitude of self-satisfaction, rather self-giving. In the second place, notice how Jesus performs this miracle because it is supremely personal, gentle, and kind. Simon's mother-in-law is sick in bed with a fever. In the ancient world, fevers posed a more significant threat than they do today. If the fever resulted from an infection, which 
fevers frequently are, it could indicate an impending death, since at th their time they had no antibiotics. This explains the apostles' concern. Jesus could have snapped his fingers and cured her from the other side of the room, like something out of a Hollywood movie. Yet that's not Jesus' style. Instead, he follows Simon Peter over to the bed where his mother-in-law lay, listening as they tell him the history of her sickness. Then watch what Jesus does. He bends down beside her and grasps her sweaty, feverish hand in his firm, gentle grip. And he looks into her face. It is with that personal touch that he relieves her sickness. And then as St. Mark points out, he even helped her up. In Jesus Christ, God comes to meet us in the reality of our humanity, bringing the warmth of his divine light into the utmost nooks and crannies of our life. Jesus is a person for others. Simon Peter and the other disciples come to him in the morning after a day like none that they have ever known. Jesus' popularity was at its highest point. It was at its zenith. His preaching was an immense success. He dramatically expelled a demon in the middle of the synagogue. And he spent the entire evening of the Sabbath working miraculous cures and amazing exorcism. The following day, the disciples must have been overjoyed with excitement. They may even thought that Jesus would claim the Messianic kingship right away and gather an army to cast off the oppressive and despicable Roman occupiers. And so they were confused when they awoke to find that he was gone from the house. And a growing crowd of townspeople were clamoring to see him. They frantically organized a search party and scoured the area. Yet when they find him alone in prayer on the mountaintop, and they tell him, everyone is looking for you, Jesus' answer is, to say the least, surprising.
He tells them it's time to move on. That his mission isn't to maximize his popularity, rather to preach the gospel to all of Israel. This is what his father had sent him to do. No opportunity for mere personal glory was going to distract him from it. This was the first installment of a lesson that Jesus would teach over and over and over again by words and action. He shows that he is not a political figure looking to climb the ladder of success. Rather, he is a servant, a messenger, a person for others. In a world that tends to idolize success and achievement, where great souls are withered by that rat race of petty promotions and vaporous rewards, the selfless, transcendent purpose of a man entirely focused on fulfilling someone else's plan, i.e. God, like, for example, God the Father, it's like a bright star shining amid the darkness of the world. Amen? Amen. One of the reasons so many people find it so hard to believe in Jesus or to follow him is that they don't see Jesus as a man for others. Instead, what do they see? They see him as harsh and judgmental. This is not the Jesus of the gospel, nor the Jesus of the crucifix, nor the Jesus of the Eucharist. So why do they think of Jesus in this way? One of the most common reasons is what the catechism would call the counter-witness of Catholics, followers and disciples of Jesus, or so-called. Every one of us in this church this morning is an advertisement for Jesus Christ. Every single one of us. I include myself. As Catholics, we have identified ourselves with Christ and his church. And so people outside the church look at us to understand what Jesus is like. If we gossip, criticize, trash talk just as much as everyone else, if we live a pleasure-centered seeking life, self-indulgent lives, getting drunk and having various extramarital affairs, 
if we look out for number one instead of looking out for our neighbor. If we lie, cheat, cut others down and manipulate others just like everyone else, well then, is it any mystery why people who know that we are Jesus's followers don't decide to follow Jesus themselves. Now, if they see us walking away from gossip sessions and defending people's reputations, if they see us living a balanced, well-ordered, and joyfully disciplined lives, if they see us compassionate, forgiving, and yet firm in our moral commitments, if they see us going against the tide and the current of this present world, against the current of corrupt, egocentric culture that, as we can see, is tearing society apart, well, in that case, they will be drawn to Jesus Christ. They will not push away from him. And Jesus gives himself today again in our Mass from that table. We need to beg his pardon for the times we have been a counter-witness. And my friends, we need to pray. We need to pray for the grace to help us be better advertisements of God's kingdom. And to begin to do that right now, this week. And it's a good preparation for us for the upcoming season of Lent, which is not far away. So that's our goal. That's our homework. How can we be better advertisements for the person of Jesus, the person for others? Amen.